and welcome to In Bed with Too Many Pillows. I'm Matilda Primrose Ingram and in this episode we've got Ashley Bedwell back in bed with us and we're talking to Andy Roberts who's one of the artistic directors for Bootworks Theatre Company. He's also working currently on a project um, to reimagine Jaws for the stage which is really excellent and he's a brilliant theatre maker and we're doing top fives with him so that's top fives of all your favourite little things. It's a little bit longer because we got a little bit carried away and a little bit self-indulgent but it's a really fun episode. Um, This is the last in this sort of little run of episodes because we're going up to the Edinburgh Fringe and we're hoping to bring you some little Edinburgh specials talking about what we've seen over the week. So really hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Right, so um, are we ready to talk about top five things, top five favourites? Yes. Are we ranking them? Can I just, I want to like uh, lay some ground rules because I don't think I can rank within the top five. No, no. Like I can do the top five, but I think if you ask me to rank, we could be here like considerably longer, like all week if I had to like <laughs> battle things against, pit them against one another. No, yeah, no yeah. ranking. No just, ranking. Just yeah. Amazing. If they've made the five, they'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> have been there. Then they're good. I quite yeah. like this, it's a bit sort of Desert Island Discs, but with lots more options. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I am a 45-year-old woman. <laughs> Desert Island Discs. I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. It's a radio show you where you had to... You have, it's really good. You have to like decide what you'd have on your Desert Island. You pick like yeah. your top music. The most picked band are the Beach Boys. Yeah. They're the most commonly picked band. And it's on, on Desert Island Discs that um, David Cameron said that his favourite song was... Uh, this Charming Man by the Smiths and then the Smiths basically Johnny Marr and Marcy were like we forbid you to like our music it's not for you wow. that's, that's, such, that's such a Morrissey thing to say though, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> but Johnny Marr agreed so I felt like it was more level they were like yeah you, you can't like the, the Smiths was never creative for you but then if you were to pick who would Cameron listen to though? Who, what would be an acceptable band for Cameron to listen to I feel like, like my judgment be, would be... <laughs> who would you be okay with him listening to? Like Personally, Coldplay. Like Oasis. Oh, yeah, Coldplay. <laughs> I think Coldplay. Coldplay, I can definitely see Cameron being a Coldplay fan. Yeah. Like, yeah, go on then. Everyone would accept that. I right? believe that. I mean, the obvious one. Blue. <laughs> That's a band that he would be listening to. Just because of the colour. <laughs> 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 He's a real fan of Duncan from Blue. <laughs> Loves his work. No, just blue. He was in love with that track, was it? RFL95 or whatever. I'm <laughs> blue, dabba dee, dabba die. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that about him. What do we, what, what do we want to start with? Oh, I'll let you pick. Um, why don't we just carry on with music and do albums? Okay, cool. That's good. Sense. That's got a nice sort of professional flow. Like we, yeah. <laughs> like it, we know what we're doing. Is it albums or bands? I've got albums. Oh, but we can do <laughs> I just did bands. <laughs> I could off- said- I said yeah in the email I said albums. <laughs> but um, welcome to School of Andy, who, you know, is often do what I say, know what I do. <laughs> well we could do why don't we do albums so we can try and do bands we'll try and join it with your bands. Yes. If we give you the time to think as well. No, yeah, I I basically what I'll do is I'll go through my top five bands. Yeah. And just pick my favourite albums of theirs. That's, that's, that's that'll, smart. That'll, that'll work, yeah. Although I didn't, I couldn't do that because I had the same issue because some of my, I had like two albums by the same person that right. were battling for what I thought was the best album. Because I really struggled. I was like, do I pick an album that's got my favourite song on by that person or do I pick an album that's got more songs I like? Mm. I, had, I had that as well. Do you want to go with first? two? Oh, that's pressure. <laughs> I, mine, are, mine are all solo artists apart from one, which now you're talking about bands, I think it's really interesting because I thought I was a band person, but apparently not. Do we um, have to justify why it's in our top five? I, I mean... Yeah, because otherwise it would okay. be like... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a solid oh, no. It's just a podcast of listing things. <laughs> yeah, just... What are your favourite shapes? <laughs> well, you know, squares, triangles. Circles are great. <laughs> um, well, why do we do, like, favourite... Album and then like favorite song because I feel like that's quite important. 
Because <laughs> that justifies it. Because I feel okay. like some of these, some you, of these, it's not you the whole do it album. exactly how you want to do it, Ashley. Um, so <laughs> it's not in any particular order, but first, Kasabian for crying out loud. Um, and you understand how much I appreciate them because I've paid to go to Isle of Wight just to see them perform this like album, which is a lot of money for an album. That's commitment. I also have it on CD and vinyl, and I downloaded it. Um, so I'm really committed to it. In fact, I could probably just stop there. It's like my favourite thing in the world. And um, is it their? Is it their late what? Their latest. It? 2017. It's their latest. Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I literally am in love. And with it's it. made the list. Yeah, quite a lot of these yeah. are quite recent. To be fair. Um, I didn't look back too far. Um, and, and you're in love. I, I feel like you're in love with a psycho. Um, is just possibly a song that sums me up. I just go for songs that sum me up pretty much because I'm a complete egotist. Um, so you're in love with a psycho and my pals in the music video. So that was nice. And I recognised him. True story. I recognised him um, just from his bum because <laughs> it's his bum in the opening shot. And I was like, that's the Disco Bunny's bum. And it was. <laughs> Turned around. And I was like, yeah, I knew it. I just knew it. Um, and then my second one. That's Lady- a skill. <laughs> I know. Um, Lady Gaga Joanne. I know it's really poppy and like a bit lame, but I really I really like that album. Because um, uh, she did a documentary about that, didn't she? Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen the documentary. I'm not going to lie. Um, and then Ida Maria Kattler. Um, and that's just, I really like songs that have, Lyrics that aren't English, because <laughs> I don't know what language they are actually. But um, <laughs> I just like any song that has a, like it, it that's in English, and then there's like maybe a rap in the middle that's in like German. Totally into that. <laughs> and most of her songs do. Um, she does the one that's like I like you so much better when you're naked, but it's not on that album. Confusing, I know. And then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For exactly the same reason. I don't know if I'm going to say this right. I think it's Tovalo. 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 I think she says Tovalo. Um, Blue Lips. And that's just because it has the song Disco Tips, which is, an, again, another song that sums me up pretty much, pretty well. Um, she's the queen of the Disco Tips. And that's me, pretty much. And it's a fantastic <laughs> album. And I really love the fact, and this sounds really weird, but every single one of her songs in the album relates to another song in the album. She always has like lyrics that cross over her songs. So like, there's a song called Disco Tips, but then in another song she talks about Disco Tips, and I I just really enjoy that. I um, like that. There's a yeah yeah. I know what there's, like, 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 I like that album. in an album. Um, and then my last one uh, is Morrissey, um, Low in High School, which is his new one, which I think is slightly controversial because everyone thinks it's a bit shit. Um, but I went and saw him a couple of weeks ago. Tilly is very jealous. <laughs> Like incredibly jazz. I just went on my own. It was right. In love. fact, I'm not going to comment because I'm still like quietly um, see them. <laughs> but yeah, so I went to see Morrissey on my own, <laughs> and actually seeing it live has swayed me and put it up there because I did. It, I thought it was incredible, and I love I love any album that's politically charged. To be honest with you, and it is. It's very controversial as well. Some of the songs on there, but we won't go into that. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> listened to Morrissey in years. In really? absolute years. Just because I really don't like him, but <laughs> I said I said earlier he's a bit like um, the left wing Katie Hopkins. Yeah, I think so. He's just too far, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like you know anyone who eats meat should die. See, t- you're just like <laughs> you're, it's just a step too See, far. See, no, but I really want the t-shirt that he's got that's like, and it, that's not what he's. He's a be kind to animals or I'll kill you, and I think that's hilarious. Oh, is it that? I yeah. must have misheard it. I thought it was like if you eat meat. No, he's got exist. one and it says be be kind to animals or I'll kill you. And it's oh, got like right. his face on it. And I think that's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I also uh, really like the fact that he, he shuts down all, like he played the O2 and he shut down every stall um, and stopped them from selling meat oh, products. From it, yeah. Which I can imagine would upset quite a lot of people. But I'm a lifelong vegetarian, so <laughs> yeah. I don't really care. You're already on that train. <laughs> I find it really interesting that the media hate him so much as well, because I read a couple of um, reviews about his gig before I went. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> it, was a, it was a dull day before, but I was reading the reviews, and apparently in his, Glas- in his Glasgow gig, people were leaving, like, outraged, because it was so appalling. Right. And it's just not true. Like... 
I there was I met someone there that had been to the Glasgow gig and they were like it's just not true but the media just absolutely slate everything that he does like his that the reviews for his um, tour have just been awful and I can tell you that it wasn't oh. it was great because he used to, I had a story I don't know if it's true either because I get all my information from really shit sources but apparently he used to record separately from his band because okay. they hated each other so much the band and him hated each other so He's much the Smiths yeah. Yeah, they would go in. Yeah, not Marcus, yeah. But no, because yeah. I've got a follow-on story. Ah, Carry cool. On. So apparently, yeah, they would go, so they would write the music in the studio, create it, they would fuck off, then Morrissey would come in, hmm. and then just put lyrics to the music they've created. Hmm. And that was how they made their albums. Now, I have no idea if there's any truth to that whatsoever. That's why I I say this because my uncle, Uncle Duck, um, played cello on two Morrissey songs. So he's on Every Day is Like Sunday. Well, I find the find the fact that it's funny is that he can hear it back and goes, "Oh, that's good cello on there," and he means it genuinely because he doesn't remember because he's so not into music <laughs> as a musician. He's like, "That's really cool cello," and I was like, "That's you," <laughs> um, but he said he was lovely and he came in and was there the whole time they were recording. So it's interesting. Mm. It's different to being in a band, isn't it, than having yeah. like some and, musicians and then just come in over time. <laughs> learning to hate each other <laughs> to the point where you're like right let's just not record together alright shall I do my albums yeah yeah so Want One which is by Rufus Wainwright um I love it it's it's an al- I love Rufus Wainwright I'm obsessed but it's not got my favourite song on it that's on a different album but Want One is just like this sort of really beautiful like slightly anarchic music that sort of doesn't fit with the background and I love that he doesn't sing to the music which most people don't enjoy very much um he also recorded it and he was completely high on crystal meth the entire time which (laughs) blows my mind because it is so like perfect and he plays all the piano for it and I'm literally sat there like what are you doing to yourself but it's a it's a very cool album I've also got Morrissey but you are the quarry because I think it's a better album. I think it's... All competition. <laughs> <laughs> they can fight it out. Um, I think it's just... I think it's more political. And I just like it better. Mm. <laughs> there's no there's no reason. It's one of those ones that I really like. Like, they float the songs, go into one another, which I really enjoy. Um, and then I've got Bowie, which is like the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Yeah. Because, again, I like more songs on it and it's just so cool it's just a really cool I feel cool listening to it which is a bit sad and probably makes me very not cool um, <laughs> but I, I accept no, that the, you know what I mean if the rule is if you say you're cool you're not cool but if you feel cool then you're probably cool I don't know but there's a quote Rufus Wainwright says <laughs> being uncool is about the coolest thing you can be and I'm like that's probably me. That's where I sit on, on being super lame and not caring. And then I've got like Kitty J. I've got Kitty J, which is by Seth Lakeman, who's this folk, he's a Devon folk artist. Who I've never love. heard of him. No, he's, he's kind of like from like a really folky background family. Um, and that album he recorded in his brother's kitchen. And he's won like the Mercury Award like several times. And it was the cheapest album. That, you, that they made that year because it's recorded in his brother's kitchen because they're all musicians so they've got good acoustics in the kitchen which I, which I think is... That's why they bought the house. I think it's brilliant. And I've, I've put another folk up but I've changed my mind in the heat of the moment. Oh dear. What? Um, is Queen 2 by Queen. Yeah. Because it flo- it's, it's one of those things, it's one of those... Um, CDs that one song flows into another and I don't think you get as many like in albums nowadays no. but I adore that it's like if you listen to it not on shuffle and <laughs> not on all these newfangled you can't things. shuffle you, it you can't shuffle it and it just like flows from one song to another I think that's brilliant there's also a song about a painting in there which is the fairy fella's masterstroke and it's about this like painting i think it's in the national portrait gallery and i just love that he's made us they wrote a song about a painting with little pixies in it <laughs> um so yeah so as we know i did bands and not albums <laughs> but, um, i'm just going to pick the albums from the bands so arcade fire cool. funerals favorite song tunnels track number one <laughs> <laughs> it's 
spectacular. Say no more. It's just an absolutely beautiful, beautiful album. And at the time, I have no idea why it stayed with me for so long. But yeah, it's just one of those albums I was just like, oh, this is a very interesting, unique sound. And yeah. And I think their albums have slowly got worse as they've gone along. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's one. Rolling Stones. Can't think, I can't think of a specific album. But the licks, really, or 50 licks or whatever it was, which is just basically all of their songs. <laughs> it's a great six album. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> kind of, yeah, but it's called 50 licks or something like that. But it's just, yeah, the stones are just amazing. Of course, yeah, there's not, there's not much originality with my... It's all like, because next is Queen. I didn't with even Queen say- 2. No way! Is the album I'd pick. I'm feeling smug about but that, because I didn't see over. it. Yeah. Oh, I'm really pleased. Just because, yeah, again, I just think I really like live bands. I've been, I've been on this thing recently where I've just, I just went to see Everything Everything um, at the Alley Pally. And I've seen Alt-J quite a few times as well. And I really, really love these bands. But when I go see them live, they've got about as much personality as a bucket of paint on stage. <laughs> like, there is no frontmen anymore. Like, they sound spectacular. Like, everything, everything, the whole, it's just, every song is so high. And I was just thinking, I'd never seen him live before, and I was thinking, how is he going to handle that? And he absolutely smashes it out of the park. Like, literally, it could be the album I'm listening to. Sounds so amazing, he probably spoke to the audience three times max. And didn't even say hello. So I'm just a bit like, I don't know, I don't, I like a band that fucking engages the audience. And I think, like, a lot of the bands who I've seen, um, well, I never saw Queen, obviously. But a lot of bands here I've seen, they just like, they make an effort to make it an event rather than just, uh, we're just going to play some tunes and sound awesome. Mm. So yeah, so that's why I'm a bit old school in that sense. But yeah, and Daft Punk, which is human after all, I think would be the one I'd pick. But just anything Daft Punk. I think it's cool that you say that. One of my favourite bands that I've seen, they're like this tiny, they're not tiny. That's really rude. I'm really sorry. Public Service Broadcasting. Yes. Do you know them? Yeah. Have you been to see them? Yeah. Well, I saw them at Glastonbury. I've seen them. But I listened to them before Glastonbury. Glastonbury. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that he doesn't say anything and he does it all through the... Doesn't he? Yeah. Because I've seen them twice and it says like... So basically they've got like a keyboard and a computer and he mixes between so many instruments um, and he presses like buttons that speak. So it's like all... Because all their music is using like audio clips yeah. and video clips. Like the first album was World War Two themed, wasn't it? Or is that just my imagination playing tricks on me? Info is that Inform Educate Entertain? Yeah. It's not just no is because it it's not? got like Everest and different. Oh and it's got yes, the, it my does. favorite yeah. one, which is the Now Generation, which is about fashion. Yeah. So well, it's just I think it's just from that around that time period yeah, that I think rather. But yeah, and he does everything and he presses all the buttons. It's like hello Bristol. It's very nice, and it's just, I just think it's so cool, because it's kind of front manny, but, but, kind not. Of, but not, <laughs> and I enjoy that. If you, there's a funny story, we saw him in Glastonbury, and I was with James, Yeah. the podcast world, that's someone, both me and Tilly know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, another person we know, Vince, and me. spotted us on the telly, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Ashley doesn't know James, <laughs> she doesn't know of his existence, um, yeah, and then strangely, we were there, and we got our phone starts ringing, and Vince is like, are you watching Public Service Broadcast? I'm like, yeah. It's like, I can see, I can see you on the screen. Was it the one with the... It wasn't the one where the astronaut came out? No. No, there aren't... The year of Kanye. No. Yeah. Yeah, the astronaut. Sorry, did you not... The spaceman. What, in the, uh, during Public Broadcast? Yes, he came out and danced in the crowd. It was part of the thing. I was very drunk. Well, you're <laughs> so was I, was, I, but I remember it. Do you know how I have imagined that? Yeah, I don't remember. There's a fucking astronaut. There's an astronaut. There's a man in a full astronaut costume going around. Shit, I didn't see you that. You were all there. But That's you got to so remember, I'm, I'm fairly old, so I, I, I stick to the fringes of any crowd. I'm, yeah, so I'm I, was a, with, I was I'm with not a not participating person, so I was also on the yeah. fringes. But I still saw the astronaut. I don't get involved anymore. And I didn't see the fucking astronaut. <laughs> I'm going to have to really find that clip on YouTube. See there's a fucking astronaut. They're put, I'm not I stayed for the whole up. set as well. Whole so set. Right. Had a really lovely time. It was after like a happy birthday song. <laughs> it was a happy... Alright, okay. I'm going to stop now. Yeah, we'll move on. Should we, what should we move on? Do books? Is what I've got next. Did you finish your five? Yeah. yeah. Did I? Four. Well, I did Arcade Fire, Rolling Stones... Queen, Daft Punk, Daft Punk. Oh, <laughs> shit. I 
didn't even put this is my lack of prep I didn't even put a fifth not only did I get it wrong and write bands down instead of albums I didn't even get five alright let's um who can I go for oh this is gonna be this is gonna be lots of me going um uh, oh I don't know no clue no clue alright I'm gonna go Alt J their first album which for the life of me right now I can't remember the name of because I never remember wave. the name of songs or albums. On awesome, awesome wave. wave, yes, Alt J and Awesome Wave is an absolutely spectacular album. They're not our favourite band overall, but album wise, they that is a beautiful album. Yeah, cool. And I have no reasons for it. I just enjoy it <laughs> subjectively. <laughs> Books. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Do we stick to the order? Or should we mix it yeah, up? Yeah, mix it up. Do you want to kick Should I go first? Yeah. Have you got yeah. five this time? Let's see. <laughs> that's one. That's two. That's three. That's four. <laughs> I seem to have just done top fours. Just fucking top fours or anything. That's all right. I'll figure out a fifth by the time I get around to it. Uh, no, I know. I'll do that. That would do. Okay. So, uh, Paul Auster's New York Trilogy. It's like the first, this is going to sound really wanky, postmodern book I'd ever read. So it's three different short stories. All of them are absolutely amazing. And all of them have nothing to do with each other. But when you really start analysing them, they are all completely connected. And it's not until you literally finish the last page of the book that you realise just how they, all the themes and the way they weave together. Even though if you were to read each story individually, you'd be like, no. It doesn't. You wouldn't think they were attached. So yeah, New York trilogy, Paul Auster thing. Uh, Nick Hornby, High Fidelity, which is kind of why we're doing what we're doing right now, because <laughs> I love High Fidelity and I really love the idea of how he categorises and top fives everything. Um, Chuck Falinuik, Lullaby. Anyone heard of Chuck mm-hmm. Falinuik? Have you ever seen the, heard of the film Fight Club? Oh yeah, yeah. He wrote he wrote the book that that oh, film was based oh. on. Uh, he's awesome. He's what started my obsession with Portland, Oregon, because he wrote a book about just how awesome Portland, Oregon is. And it literally talks about the batshit crazy stuff that they do in <laughs> Portland, Oregon, like the Santa Rampage and stuff started there, which is it's meant to be like a Santa marathon, in which everyone <laughs> in which everyone on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve goes through a big Santa run. But instead, they ended up turning it into a rampage. So <laughs> apparently when you get past a certain point, you're allowed to just smash everything up. So, like, you've just got all these Santas who are kicking the shit out of each other. And I'm not sure if it's still running anymore, but, yeah, he's just got all these stories about stuff like that. But anyway, try to keep... Uh, Neil Gaiman, American Gods. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah? Is that the first one you've read? <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm aware, but... Okay, cool. Um, I will now. I'm interested. It's going to be good. Going to get some new things to read. I mean, it's a really good film that uh, John Cusack turned into a film because he was such a fan of the book he turned into a film so if you want to skip if you want to cheat <laughs> the book's really good but the film is also equally as good so I can deal with books more than films because I can read like 15 pages and then put it down and start again whether it's films you have to watch the whole thing yeah really. just in case we haven't addressed it so far Ashley's got a really terrible attention <laughs> I feel like we have but um, yeah so it's going to be interesting hearing your films <laughs> yeah, my top five favourite 15 minutes. Um, so was it, yeah, Neil Gaiman, American Gods, just because it's a beautiful piece of work. Um, have you watched the series? I have, yeah. I haven't, I haven't yet, but is it, how do you feel have about you, that? Have you read American Gods? Yeah. I think he's done all right. <laughs> They've done all right. It's with such you an impossible... Yeah, it's not an impossible book to turn to a series, but yeah, I think they've done all right. They haven't. I didn't leave watching the series going, "What have they done to one of my favourite books?" So we're okay. But equally, I'm not like that was amazing. So you know, take it or leave it. And I said I was going to find a fifth, didn't I? Because of my inability to write five things down. <laughs> I thought you did. Have I done five? That was definitely four again. No, but you wrote something down in an excited way, like oh, oh yes, yeah. oh no, it's another, it's another short story book. Uh, Chuck Falinuik's Haunted because it has a short story in it that actually nearly made me vomit, and a book has never drove it made me. Oh, you just made me change one of mine. Normally, visually, yeah, and me. Yeah, visually, normally things can make me feel sick or like smells mm. and even sounds. 
although I've never been sick from looking at it, but like I've never before like read something and had it conjure up images that have made me feel sick. Like that's just something that doesn't affect me. This book, one of the short stories in it. Oh, it, it just, yeah, it goes there. So yeah, that's, my, that's me, done. Yes. Five in a bag. Um, so my, I've sort of just jumped in, sorry. It's alright, we'll go for like a ping pong, back yeah. and forwards, which is nice. Um, Warship Down is like, I read it last year, it's by Richard Adams, and it is just, I think it's incredible. Um, I loved the film when I was little, which having watched back, I actually think is quite disturbing how much I enjoyed it. Um, although the bunny mortality rate is higher they kill more bunnies in the film than they do in the book. Did it? Because I've never read the book, but I've obviously seen the film the when I was far in... too young, and it was really scary. <laughs> the book is incredible. I just think it's like a really lovely look at, like, from a rabbit's... I know this sounds, like, really, like, <laughs> silly and sort of like, I love the animals, but it's a really cool look at how we treat our countryside and and just how we treat nature in general sort of taking it for granted because they talk about like man isn't cruel it's just something was in the way so they don't we don't necessarily think about like rabbits or like wildlife it's just we need to do this so we don't sort of think about the consequences it's just really lovely it's just sort of really poetic writing and just yeah really liked it um uh, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier I read this the first time when I was actually in Cornwall where the house that she was obsessed with was and I just think uh, I know people like oh it's like Jane Eyre rip off of Jane Eyre but I think Daphne du Maurier captures an atmosphere that I just think there's a reason Hitchcock did two films of her writing I personally think because it's so atmospheric um, and clever um, and then The Descent of Man by Grayson Perry. So not a novel, but just like a really interesting, cool piece of writing that's just really accessible to be talking about like gender and, and different things. You've made me completely change. I had like a little kid's book that I used to love that my dad used to read, but Perfume by Patrick Susskind. Oh, oh yeah. that's such a good book. It really, really... Um, fucked me over basically when I first read it because I was just like this is just if you can just you taste everything and you can smell it all and it's just it's just gross but mm. in this incredible way um and I, I just remember it just like like the images I can still think of that book's just got such a poetry to the horror though isn't it it's one of these things where you just have to keep reading because it, it's yeah. so beautifully written but at the same time you're like oh it's yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, and then A Movable Feast by Erning, Ernest Hemingway, which is not, a st- it's just a collection of like short incidents of what happened to him when he was in Paris in the 20s, which I really like, in spite of Hemingway not being like maybe an amazing person. I've never read any Hemingway because when I was younger, I said to my dad, I think I'm going to read something by Hemingway. And he was literally like, no, don't, that guy's a prick. <laughs> He is, but I... Ever since then, I went, oh, my dad said he's a prick, so I'm not going to read it. <laughs> I really like it, because I also really like the one he does about bullfighting, which I absolutely hate the entire idea, but I think they're really good pieces of work, even though I think your dad's right, he definitely was a prick. But I still I think they're good books. <laughs> That's my five. My, um, I've just changed, like, three of mine. Because um, <laughs> I think I think so changeable. Well, no, because I think actually the books that I've read in like less than a day, I think are my favourites really. And there's only a few of those, so I think I've put them all on there. Um, but my my first one is The Descent of Man as well, um, which is great. You've already spoken about it. Um, <laughs> I just think it's a really clever way of addressing issues within like gender and feminism and inequality without being like a bit preachy um my second one again not wait which one's which fiction and non-fiction have a think about that non-fiction yeah i'll just find that one out (laughs) another non-fiction take a moment Uh, uh yeah another non-fiction one which is the sex lives of english women which is basically i can't remember if it's 23 or 24 like anonymous stories of women 
um, and their relationship with sex. But I like the way the book was like curated because she literally was just like she in the beginning she explains that she just met women like in the street and then wrote their stories down. Basically, it wasn't like she went looking for these women. She just saw a woman on the train and thought she looks like she is approachable, and then she had that <laughs> conversation with them basically, um, which I think is really interesting. Uh, and then this is when oh, I'll do the other one I've got on here um, The First Bad Man by Miranda July um, which is just a weird fucking book like it's weird um, it's one of those books that like you think back and like the storyline makes absolutely no sense but it's fantastic at the same time like it's just it's written in a really strange perspective so it's written from the perspective of this woman but it's also in the third person, but you know who's talking, if that makes sense. Like, it's really strange. Um, and I read that in one... Like, I literally sat there and just read the whole novel, um, which is impressive. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and then another one that... It's the only book that's ever scared me, um, and that's Heart Shaped Box, or A Heart Shaped Box by um, Joe Hill. Um, and it's it's all about ghosts and stuff. Is that um, the ghost in the suit? Yeah. Yeah, I love that book. That scared me yeah, so that's much. Good. I probably first started reading it when I was about 14 and I, gen- like, I had to just not read it because it freaked me out. And then when I read it probably about three or four years ago, I had to read it with a light on. just makes me angry at how talented that family is, though. I feel mm. like Stephen King, yeah. his son Joe Hill, he's just like, yeah. guys. It's really annoying. <laughs> but do you know what really... Because I like Horns as well by Joe Hill, but I, I'm not going to lie, I'm sorry, I thought that film was shit. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't capture no. any of the essence of the book. Um... I've got one more. Agreed. Um, oh, I've got to say, um, Mo Hader, um, Birdman. Because what I love about Mo Hader is, you know how on like, hard back books they put the picture of the author um, and she's this very beautiful woman and the books she writes are absolutely foul. Like, they're this, um, they're like, they're, I suppose they're like commercial, like, detective novels with, like, murders and stuff but they're absolutely disgusting um like the horrendous things that the criminals do um recommend i mean it's really hard to pick a favorite out of all of her books but i'm gonna go for birdman which is about a necrophiliac it's a delight recommend it <laughs> <laughs> it's a delight it's on the list yeah films films are we literally going backwards and forwards i don't mind why not <laughs> it's terrible structure <laughs> or we could go to Tilly Come Calling and then oh yeah and then go that way hang on you want me to go yeah, yeah. I mean and this then, is going to be great in an audio person's... world of us going right we're going backwards and forwards <laughs> yeah go back left to right everybody <laughs> we went right to left and we went left to right now we're starting from the centre and working our way out what <laughs> so my favourite right so I'm just going to put this out there and I'll kind of want people's opinion before I start this is your favourite film or your top five favourite films, are they the ones you watch the most or are they the ones you think, oh my goodness, that's incredible? Because me and my aunt have a massive argument and she says, like, her favourite film is probably, um, I can't, it's probably The Royal Tenenbaums, she says. She says she doesn't watch it that much and the film she probably watches the most often is something like The Holiday because it's constantly on ITV2. She went, does that actually mean that's my favourite film even though it's a pile of rubbish or or you know that's that's my well, question in my head to you. surely they both make the top five don't they no because she wouldn't she wouldn't what her point is she says she wouldn't say that was her top five but she says that is that technically her favorite film because she's willing to watch it every time it's on depends if you start getting into subcategories doesn't it because you because mm. i think everyone wants their top five to be awesome don't they like everyone i want it to be the smartest and the best top five I don't know. I always feel like, nah, just put what you fucking like. Um, I don't know. I think just what you like. Yeah. Just I've got nostalgia with mine. So okay. films that made an impact and that I look back on fondly. That was how I, I mean, made I'm going to say list. this, and as soon as I hear this podcast back, I'll be like, that's not accurate. But we'll go with... So my top one is With Nail and I. When I worked in the cinema, this was on my name badge, and yeah. no one had ever heard of it. Like, because you have to wear your favourite film on a name badge, and I committed to it being <laughs> With Nail and I. People were like, With Nail and, and what? And I was like, I don't... How young was the audience at this cinema? No, they were like they weren't young. Like if they were young, I'd be like, fair enough. But I also think as like 
you know, an actor, I, I think everyone, every actor should watch it. I think it's brilliant. It's got, you notice something new every time you watch it. Richard E. Grant, who was teetotal and got drunk once to do that part and then did it, his drunk performance is phenomenal. I just think everyone, it's just brilliant. It's like grotty, but not too grotty. Um, and also, one of the reasons I love it so much is his Hamlet soliloquy at the end, yeah. where he's like, I have of late, but no, not wherefore I've lost all my mirth. I think that's one of the best soliloquies of Hamlet I've ever seen performed. And it's in a film where most of the time they're just getting completely wankered. And I just think it's it's just beautiful, as well as being sort of sad. And it's a good one. Good choice. Um, the Court Jester, which I'll be surprised if anyone knows, it's a Danny Kaye film, it's from the 40s, it's it's basically, it's like a medieval romp sort of thing, it's, you know, it's one of those old, like, light entertainments, um, he's my favourite actor, he's the reason I wanted to act, and he's like, you know, just sort of brilliant, and it's just, it's just, there's not much in it, it's sort of, you know, it's a bit Robin Hood-esque, it's quite fun, there's a bit of magic, a bit of like hypnosis and <laughs> but I've watched it since I was really little and it's one of those ones that I used to get to the end of the video rewind and start it straight again so it would have to be in my top five even though it's sort of like maybe might be a kids kids film sort of a 1940s medieval romp <laughs> yeah why not Winner. everyone's got to have one in their top five yeah. Go away and watch it. Tell me it's not brilliant. <laughs> he does this sword fight where he can't... He clicks in and out of hypnosis and he can't sword fight. But when he does go into the hypnosis, he can sword fight brilliantly. And it's with Basil Rathbone, who was an Olympic sword fighter. Right. And right so it's now. just brilliant. Dude, it's amazing. Um, Jurassic Park. I love it. I've got a real obsession with it. It used to scare me witless. And I think that's partly the reason that I really like it. I just think it's really it's you know it's one of those What bit ones. scared you? Um there's a bit what, I mean the kitchen. The kitchen, the kitchen moment. horrible. But um the bit at the beginning where you see the hand you know and the shooter shooter <laughs> and they did I just watched a whole documentary about the psycho shower scene and they said that that's basically a homage to it with the hand like watching a hand slip away and there's something very iconic in that which I thought was interesting Midnight in Paris Woody Allen Woody Allen yeah. I love it I think Owen Wilson is phenomenal in it I think he's so good like you, I've, I've, you can't tell me he's not good and that he's brilliant I've got a real soft spot for Owen Wilson even on the stupid so forever <laughs> I'm like, do you know what? Those adverts are terrible. They're so terrible, yeah. but he's got doing? a nice voice. I think that's it. I think that's what wins me over. But the Woody Allen thing, it kind of he's kind of one of those people I'm like, I really enjoy your films, but should I? Because because you've got, you know Wrongen. Yeah, he's a wrong Just a wrong But no, I, I like um Midnight in Paris because it's the idea of someone's telling me that um what is it are all the cells in our body replace themselves every seven years don't they and apparently if you look back at yourself seven years ago you would think you were a dick like apparently everyone goes through it no one likes themselves seven years ago or there'll be something about themselves that i don't like like i can't believe i dress like that i can't believe i wore those clothes i can't believe i listened to that i can't believe i watched that so interesting and what i really like about midnight in paris is the idea of that no one is ever happy living in the decade yeah. That they're in. Mm-hmm. So, like, he wishes that he could have gone back to the 19... That resonates. Is it 50s? That he 20s. Goes to? Is it 20s? It's 20s, yeah. So he wishes to go back to the 20s. And then when he's there, there's people who are like, I wish I could go back to the 1890s. And, yeah. like, and no one is ever really happy where they are. Yeah. And I always feel like those two things kind of combine in the sense that you always go, oh, I'm just too late for my generation. I think it's also the way he writes, because I love Hemingway. I'm not, And I've read Fitzgerald. I think how he writes those people, like these characters of... Fitzgerald and Hemingway are are exactly how the books are written so there's a real sense like like he knows it I know that sounds silly because obviously he'd have done his research but I also think how Woody Allen captures there's like a five minute bit at the beginning which is just shots of Paris and I think his ability to capture a city I just think is really lovely because he does it in Rome as well to Rome with love and I think that's cool is that Um, Jesse Eisenberg yeah 
Yeah. I enjoyed that, but not as much. <laughs> um, and my final one is Some Like It Hot. I mean, it's brilliant all the way through. Um, and Tony Curtis is just amazing. And he's doing... Um, what is he doing? He says, like, the, the impression the whole way through of that, of Cary Grant. Like, he puts on a persona of someone else and he sounds like Cary Grant and it's just, it's brilliant. But my favourite bit at the end is, so they, I don't know how much people know about it, but they cross-dress to get away from the mafia and they dress up to be in a woman's band. And <laughs> Jack Lemon ends up wooing this old millionaire and as they are, like, trying to get away at the last moment... They're on this boat, and it's got Marilyn Monroe in it, and she's sort of, you know, playing Marilyn Monroe, but sort of beautifully. And he's trying to break up with the millionaire. <laughs> Jack Lemmon is breaking up with the millionaire, and he's like, I'm a drunk, I, I smoke, I'm a terrible smoke. And he goes, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. And he goes, the last one, he just goes, I'm a man. And the last line of the film is the, is the millionaire just going, nobody's perfect. <laughs> and I just think... It's just brilliant. I think anything that ends like that is a film for me. Have you seen it, Ashley? No. I'm sorry. It's a classic. I'll go away and watch it. It's quite short, because it's an old film. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. You enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) You will. You will enjoy it. I have six of my films, and I I don't think any of mine are over an hour and 40 minutes. Genuinely. I think that's something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was intense. Yeah. Right, who wants to go next? Are you going next? Uh, shall I go up next? Yeah, go. Okay. We've got uh, 12 Angry Men. Ever seen it? No. It's a perfect film. I will write it down, yeah. seeing as you wrote down Core Jester. It is a perfect film. The script, the acting, uh, the shots, the cinematography, everything about it. Perfect. Perfect. That's good. That's good to know there's one out there. Yeah. And it's in black and white. Ugh. And you don't give a shit. Sold me. Because it's just so good. But it is, yeah, it's 12 men in a, having a discussion. Uh, so they're all on jury service. They're just having a discussion about whether the, this boy is guilty or not. And the journey it takes you on, the drama that happens with just these 12 men in this I've room. I've seen like 10 minutes amazing. of it. But it already started. But it's one of those... I know it's a classic that yeah. was definitely... It was one of those classics that I put off for a while because everyone said it was a classic. And I was like, I'm too cool for school, man. I am watching that. <laughs> I found my own classic. And I watched it, I was like, oh, they're all right. <laughs> they're not lying. It's amazing. So yeah, uh, The Exorcist. Because it's just, yeah, again, amazing. Can't do horror. Can you not do horror? Okay. Oh, it's just total chicken. Thing is, um, it doesn't even it will it would make my top five. Like a lot of people are like they have it high on their horror list, but The Exorcist makes my top five in just films in general, mm-hmm. just because the impact it has. They did so much with so little. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Terminator Two, purely <laughs> nostalgic. It's just one of those films that's always been with me, so it will always be one of my favourites. Uh, Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino, just because it's Pulp Fiction. It's just you see it and you're like, oh, that's clearly fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like that's a no-brainer. And uh, The Land Before Time. Oh, that is such a good film. Because The Land Before Time, it will floor you every time. It that's is so good. so good. And the score <laughs> and the music in it is absolutely divine. I think if I'm even slightly in a bad mood or just feeling a bit fragile, we put on The Land Before Time, I'm in a pool of tears. <laughs> And having a great time for it because a good cry now and again is a good thing. But yeah, Land Before Time. I think that's five, isn't it? Have I done it? I finally put yeah. five things I'm down instead of Jaws four. Jaws isn't on your list. No, Jaws isn't. I love the movie Jaws, but it's not. It's, it's, we uh, should yeah. say we were watching Jaws yesterday as part of a project. Of a project, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I imagine in your intro you'll tell people what I do. So yeah, and then in my <laughs> outro I will be I'll be promoting anything that you're oh, up and coming. So yeah, well basically I make theatre. <laughs> <laughs> That's the soundbite. Uh, I make theatre. I make theatre. Some of it's good, some of it's shit, and um, <laughs> and yeah, and I'll be making a show based around Jaws and this lovely town that we're in right now. Um, but no, but it's not one of my favourites. But it's still a. It probably makes the top twenty. Top ten. Oh, right. Okay, that's another. That's but then another. we start opening a bigger can of worms, <laughs> don't we? Okay, cool. That's me done. I'm out. Sweet. Right. Um, 
I this is the one I struggled with the most because believe it or not, I love films. Um, but like certain films, <laughs> um, so like I'm set. The more I think about my favourite films, the more I'm like, oh, I could. But the, my problem is, I don't like watching new films. I just like watching films I've already seen, <laughs> like over and over again. Um, <laughs> uh, so my first one is Heather's, which I think is a great film, like genuinely. And I know it's like before my time or whatever. Um, but I, I watched that probably the first time when I was about fourteen, and it's totally not suitable for a fourteen-year-old. Because um, it's all about like murder and suicide. Also, the song "Teenage Suicide" don't do it. I absolutely love that song that's in the film. Um, who's in? Who's in that again? Is it oh, Christian Slater? Yeah. Who's in Heaven? Is, is it Christian Slater and Winona Ryder? Winona Ryder. Okay. And the bit when my favourite part of the whole film is when um, Christian Slater is put his middle finger up, middle finger up at Winona Ryder, and she, who has never used a gun in her entire life shoots off his middle finger <laughs> like the ape in that moment it's beautiful <laughs> and I'm like that would not fucking happen <laughs> she's never picked up a gun before and goes straight for the middle finger um, it's just great and fuck me gently with a chainsaw such a good movie line the whole film I love it so much um, and then my second one is Lost Boys um, another great like I just think it's great and it's one of those films that reminds me of my childhood. Because um, it's my mum's favourite film as well. Um, and we used to have a Lost Boys poster up. And it's a great film. Don't recommend watching two and three. <laughs> to no, be real with you. There is a two and three. I really like that though. I really like passed down favourite things. Mm. Like just for, it, almost through osmosis you like them and they stick with you and they kind of yeah. become your favourite just because... They were played a lot when you were younger. Yeah, yeah. The Court so, Jester for me is my granddad's film. Yeah. That's the whole reason for it. So yeah, um, and then number three, Wayne's World. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> I absolutely love it. I actually feel like me and Tina here a little bit. <laughs> like the, Whoa! You know which one's which as well. Come on, then enlighten us. Tell I the mean, podcast. I, I would be Garth. For real. <laughs> like, not just because I was blonde, but I'm just not with it <laughs> most of the time. I'm a speaker. Um, <laughs> gonna get you that t shirt. <laughs> um, that's such a good film. And actually, the second one is just as good, I would argue, of Wayne's World. Um, my fourth one's Happy Go Lucky. Yeah, it's such a good film. Um, I love that I'm nodding. Is I'm that the, yeah, nodding. Podcast can't hear it, but I'm nodding. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Um, is that the, where she's learning to drive? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, Mike Lee. Yeah. Um, who's, who's the guy, why do I always forget his name? Yeah. No, the guy yeah. who's teaching her to drive. Uh, yeah, I know, I that, remember his name. They are both just spectacular. Well, it's yeah. just I like, find the way oh my God, God acting so interesting. Because he, um, the, the driving instructor thought the film was about him. Can't remember his name. I feel really bad, but the actor because they because they improvise all around it and build their characters for years before they film. He thought the film was about him, and then it's totally not. Like it's totally not about him. The film in the end, um, beautiful. Um, and then my last one, I really struggle with this. I'm not going to do the one I've written down. I'm going to do a different one. Okay. Um, and I'm probably going to go. I mean, with... you keep, we'd have been done the wiser. <laughs> yeah, you could have just said it. <laughs> no one have Um I'm going to go with... Why can I not remember the name of the film? It's really stressing me out. Um, what's the one with... Oh, no. I've just remembered this. I was about to go, what's the film with the song Stand By Me in? It's Stand By it's Me. Stand By Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. Does Stand By Me have the song Stand By Me in it, though? I'm 90% I don't think it does. Sure. Does it? Yeah. I'm 90% it probably sure. does. Right at the end. Idiot. I, I think. Remember. I think. If not, if not, they missed an opportunity. Yeah. Well, was that song I'm written sure for that film? I think it was. Oh, okay. I think cool. it was. I wonder how many. Oh my god, this is oh, this really good, strong fact. Maybe you should have stuck to your list. I wonder how many films there have been in which the the song that was written for the film has just used the name of the film for the name of the song. That's, That's got to be an interesting list. Yeah. That is interesting. Like Golden Eye, Golden Eye. I mean, they're golden all of, all of like, those songs are written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are they? Yes! No, I swear there's one song. Oh, yeah, there they are. Fuck no, they 
are. I'm not that big a Bond fan. Do you know that's fan, my, that's so. my like, like, if I, specialist, it's not specialist. You're a specialist subject. on Mastermind. I went through a phase and I learned all of the different Bond songs, which film they relate to, because sometimes they're not called after I was going to say, film. it's not Casino Royale. Yeah. It's not the name of that song. Yeah, that's no. what I'm saying. So you're wrong. Yeah. You just said they all are. No, I just said I didn't say that. I said they're written for the films. Which oh no, they no, no. But that wasn't are. that wasn't my question. My question was: I wonder how many songs where someone's written a song for that film, and they've rather than making up a name for the song, they've just taken the name of the film. Maybe that it. they prefer, prefer that though. Probably like the filmmakers were probably be like, "Good, that's extra promotion." <laughs> Not that's making something like I don't see how that's relevant to the film. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? Why have you written this song? It's got nothing to do with it. Anyway, sorry, uh, who was going? Are we, I'm done. We're done. We're done. It's new, new topic. New just, topic? Yeah. Who's starting now? Ooh, we're back to uh, the beginning. Yeah, what yeah. are we doing though? We're back to right to left. Yeah. Right, what have you got? Um, I put that, just so you know, I've got top five public toilets here. As, <laughs> as possible. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go TV shows. I think. Oh great! Have we not okay, done cool. TV no, shows? No, I can. I can wing it. It'll be fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Um. Right. Okay. So my first one is Queer Eye, um, the new series that they've just made and put on Netflix. Um, I'm just obsessed with it. I think it's amazing, and I've literally never had a series of reality TV shows and cried at every single episode. Like it broke me completely. Um, and it's just so like sad, and like the when they go in and the the guy, one of them was a police officer, and um, he was a Trump supporter, and one of the guys that goes in to do the makeover, um, he's gay and he's black, and they have this car journey, and you just see like he's like if only it was this simple, and like we could t- chat to each other, each other, and you think it's like um, uh. That's really distracted me. <laughs> um, sorry, that oh, was our producer in the room. I read our producer was just saying what time we've got left on the podcast, and it's all really right. thrown Ashley. But I was sort of and worried. I got left. Like, on paint though. Was it weird? Was it weird signals? No, no. On a phone version of paint. <laughs> now but I've been there since season one so I'm a true fan (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't start on season two or season five or any of this bullshit that is going around RuPaul's Drag Race um, absolutely obsessed have been since series one like ten years ago I guess because it's the tenth series Um, I mean I didn't start watching it when I was eleven but (laughs) I started watching the series um, and I've watched all of them since and the all stars I'm committed I've met loads of them I'm, I'm just obsessed and I do a lot of work with drag so it's a it's, it's slightly a problematic program because especially with some of the recent comments that RuPaul's come out with but I just think it's a great celebration of drag and art and mixing different types of art together in a good format I like it um my fourth one I really struggled with this one because I love sitcoms a lot because they're they're fast-paced man like as it comes, it's like three minutes at a time. Most of them, it's fantastic for me. Um, <laughs> I'm, wait, I went Sorry, with three minutes at a time. In she my means head. like the scenes. Like, like the oh, scenes. Say so, like there's a quick like, turnover. That's the quickest show. That's <laughs> no, no. Like there's three minute scenes. Like yeah. no, they're never like long drawn out yeah. sequences, whatever. Um, but I went in the end. I went for absolutely fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just choice. think it's great. I really struggled with that one, but yeah, I just think it's absolutely great. Do you yeah. think it's absolutely fabulous? Is that I think you're it's going oh, with? Oh, Do you know what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. You missed a trick. Um, and I th- it just makes me laugh, and that's the only justification I have for that. Um, and then my last one is the Mash Report, which is Nish Kumar on and others on BBC Two. Rachel Paris. Rachel Paris um, and Ellie 
something. Ellie. That's really I'm recent, okay. isn't it? Is yeah, that a really, really new program? I've seen, yeah, clips it's of it, but I haven't seen a Ray. full episode. Rachel Paris just absolutely kills me. She's so funny and her delivery is Perfect. spot on. I've just she can literally be telling you the worst the worst news in the world and I'd still be laughing probably. I think it's I I don't know if it's Ellie King. I think it is. That's the Oh singer. edit. Oh is it? No, it's L King. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's well, not I don't know. Ellie, whatever her Ellie. name is. We'll, we'll edit that in. Yeah. When she does, the, the, she did like, they do like a fast news bit. And she just was like, women tell men to just fuck off. And yeah, that's like, a great clip. It's such a brilliant clip because it's just done sort of perfectly. And they're sort of like, they're just well balanced in a sort of strange way. I like that they, and Tilly might not agree with me, but I like that they get, um, they have a quite, it's quite a left wing show, but they, they the right get wing. the right wing on there and the right wing is taking the piss just as much as left wing. It's not just left wing. They do get right wing Can I be people honest? to chat on that. I think it's funny. I thought he was a, a character when oh, yeah. he came on. I was really confused because he says things and I was like, what? And I was like, this is really funny. And then I realised he's actually a Tory comedian. And it's still quite funny, but I, I genuinely... That's how like left-wing my comedy is. I was like, oh, you can't have a... I think it's because Nish Kumar says you can't have yeah. a right-wing comedian. It's funny. Yeah, it's good. Know. Right. Right. So, TV shows. I've just done these, like, very quickly. Thicker of Dibley. It's just homey comfort. I love it. I, I could just sit and watch them over and over again and I watched them when I was quite young I realised and when I re-watched them I was like wow there's a lot more innuendo in this than I I ever picked up on and I just think because I'm from quite a small village and my family's full of nutters I just always quite enjoyed it and the guy who played Hugo came and opened our village fate was that the biggest thing to ever happen in a village yeah probably <laughs> we're still talking about it decades <laughs> decade or so afterwards <laughs> everyone's got that photo on their fridge yeah, it's, it's, he's signed my VHS. So it's a signed Vicar of Dibley VHS. That shows how long ago that was. It's treasured. Christmas came Frame over. it. <laughs> yeah, with summer, it's very <laughs> um, The Windsors, which is a Channel 4 um, sort of parody piss take of the royal family. I am not very pro-monarchy, and I just think I've, they could make me love the royals if they were like that. Um, I think it's hilarious. They mention Kate Middleton being well, they say gypsy, but they're like gypsara, and they just think it's just <laughs> it's just brilliant. Like I just really enjoy it. And Harry Harry Enfield is Prince Charles, and he's perfect. Like he could be been more perfect. Off radar because I've never even heard. Of so that there's show one's before. the first series on Netflix, and the rest is on all four. Watch right. one. Tell tell me you don't enjoy it. Okay. I just think it's I just think it's really good, and the woman who plays Camilla Parker Bowles is incredible as well. But they don't really they sort of have notes from Prince Philip being like offensive, but they sort of leave the Queen out of it. Yeah, she's sort of she's above. Not she's not touched. So literally. <laughs> she's literally just she let gets off. They don't, mention, in fact, they don't. I'm they don't, mention, like they don't her. mention her at all. And we had a we had a conversation about whether or not they meant. They don't mention Diana. No, they don't. Yeah. Okay. I Some see. lines you don't cross. Yeah. Exactly. Um. I've put. I realise I am a forty-five-year-old woman because I've put Lewis. Because I love it. I love. I love like two-hour-long afternoon murder programs, like <laughs> Miss Markle or Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> I've never even heard of Lewis. I can't it's think of Morse. anything worse. Is it? Oh, it's like him. it's Morse, and then there's Lewis, oh, and those then are the there's Endeavour. No time for it, my life. <laughs> so those are the things. I really enjoy them. They're like my guilty pleasure. If like if you were saying what do I watch the most, I'd probably watch those. I like a cozy murder cosy over intellectual <laughs> murder because they're in Oxford so there's nothing it's always like oh, it's Shakespearean all oh, they've themed the, the serial killer because he always kills more than one but he's never called a serial killer it's like a running theme that's either like one of them is named after a Shelley poem <laughs> and it's just and it's about like someone trying to make rip off Shelley's and it's just, it's just brilliant I like it a lot and then Game of Thrones <laughs> you can't not do that. Beautiful. I mean, I could actually do that. 
I want to. I love Game of Thrones. I'm not up to date because my mum's rubbish, and I have to watch all of them with her. And so I'm. Why I'm is behind. this? Why is this crazy rule to... been imposed on you? Yeah. Did you make a blood pact? Be like, we shall not go ahead of each other. Yeah, but Mom. I'd started watching them ages before, and now she's like, "Don't you watch them without me?" And so she's it. like holding back the DVDs. I can't even get. It doesn't matter. You're an actor. Just do it. I did that and once. Then, I know then, I did that once. And they go, oh my god! I did that once. <laughs> it was very difficult, especially with like the blood wedding and that. And that. Did, didn't, red wedding, not the blood wedding. I, it didn't work. So I don't trust myself. I can do a whole podcast on Game of Thrones. I think. Okay, but once I've caught up, so yeah. <laughs> not now. Come on. And then I've got one, and it's it's a really weird one. It just came to me, and I really love it. And it's called Roger and Val have just got in. There was only ever one series of it. It's quite sad, and it was Dawn French. A lot of Dawn French content going on, and Al, I want to say it's Alfred Molina, but I am not sure that, I think I may have just made that up. Anyway, and it's the first half an hour in real time of them getting in uh-huh. a home, and it's just beautiful. It's like, there. there's a lot of like other storyline, it only got one series, and it's just really sweet, and they just have like little arguments. And uh, I just thought it was really lovely played and they're sort of the a couple that couldn't have children. And that's not really you don't really pick up on it much. And then you find out he's had he had a kid he didn't know about and he comes back into their life and it's just like this little half an hour moment. And and although it's not like something I've rewatched and rewatched, it came to me and I think we said earlier if it's come to you in the moment there's a reason it's the reason it's there. The reason it's there, and I just really love it. And I just remember this line where she says that he's bought the wrong cheese, and she's like, "I wouldn't have done this, Roger, because if it had been me, this wouldn't have happened." And I just always remember this line about buying the wrong cheese. So, so it's, it, it's in that, that pointless memory. What was that one called again? I've never Roger, even heard of that. Roger either. and Val have just got in. God, I need to get in the game. That's too. <laughs> it was ages heard of. ago though. The Windsors is great. Watch that. The winter is good. Right, do I need to speed for these? Is, is, is the producer still doing crazy hand No, he's given up. So, uh, <laughs> we weigh over time. Right, okay, here we go, TV shows. We're only taking up your time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, no, but you've got to edit this into a, an hour chunk, haven't you? Or are you renegated? Are you like, fuck it? <laughs> it could be as long as it needs to be. <laughs> could do this for three hours. <laughs> right, so Wire. Oh, yeah. The oh. Wire. Oh. HBO. It is Monday Shakespeare, without a doubt. You will never get anything. The language of the piece and the way it's written is amazing. So yeah, The Wire uh, will always be the best. And I just have to be one of those wankers who's like, you've not seen The Wire? Like, I just have to be that guy. I'm going to really piss on your fireworks. I hate The Wire. I've I've tried to watch... I've genuinely tried really hard to watch the first series, like, and not just give up off the first episode. And Uh, I can't. I can't. I really struggle and I don't understand it. Come back to it in like seven years. Back when to I'm that. a real grown <laughs> up. No, 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 no. The seven years. The seven year lifestyle. Oh, cycle. okay. That's why I always, every seven years as well, I also try all the foods that I used to hate just to see if I like oh. them. Do you actually? Yeah. And, That's amazing. And I like to keep a little lot because like, uh, like I used to hate fruit, but now I'm on bananas. And then, uh, well, bananas seven years ago is like, I was like, this is the only fruit I like. And now recently, tried a pear. Oh, you had like a pet. I, I like a pair I've discovered <laughs> in the last. Taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered in the last two weeks they're like the fruit that I've never got on, on and I really like them. I've bought them every week since. I'm, yeah. I'm obsessed. Just wait for that. Wait for that cycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> try all the foods you used to hate. Um, this is amazing. Uh, what was I going to say? I've lost my train of thought. But anyway, <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I, I've been doing it throughout this whole podcast. Uh, scrubs. Oh, oh yeah. Scrubs just because nostalgia. And then it's American comedy and I've, I I quite like it but at the same time I'm well, I'm a little bit reluctant. <laughs> 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 That's fine. I don't care. No, also, the reason there's a lot of Ameri- there's a lot of American comedy in, or American shows in my lists. Oh, um because <laughs> because my dad was always was never play any American crap. He'd be like, don't watch that American crap. Watch this good British drama. And I'd be like, because I was young, I'd go, fuck you, Dad. And deliberately go and watch <laughs> as much American stuff as I could. Aside from reading Hemingway, which you took. I think my dad's very anti-American. <laughs> just kind of, no, um, so, uh, so, Wire Scrubs, Only Fools and Horses. Uh... Yeah, again. 
It's, we're really awful together. It's one that's passed down, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we need to stop. There you go, team. Keep, keep rocking and rolling with that. Uh, Red Dwarf. Yeah. Oh, I love Red Dwarf. Um, literally nostalgia again. I've watched, I've rewatched some of them recently. I don't like the new ones. And though. I'm still like, they're still good, but they're not as good as I remember them being. But mm. they had a big impact on me, so it's in my top five. And Deadwood. Deadwood was a show, another HBO show. They only made three series, and it sort of they got cancelled before it can continue. It's just amazing. And is it who's who played who's Lovejoy again? Is it Ian McShane? Yeah, Lovejoy. He's in it, and it's the role that reignited his career. Yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. and that's it. Is that five? Have I done five again? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're really on this now. Yeah, but the reason Red Dwarf is, I'm going to go through my, my childhood Sundays were just, and this is my childhood Sunday, I would wake up, and I hated sport, but I was forced, I wasn't forced, but I went to play football on the Sunday in my little team, <laughs> get covered in mud, come home, have a bath, get out of the bath. My mum would have a roast dinner ready, have the roast dinner, then go out and play, then come back, and then it would be The Storyteller, which is a TV show with... Um... No, that should have been in my TV shows. No, yeah, it's my absolute The Storyteller, John Hurt, amazing. No, I yeah. the t- oh. And then watch The Storyteller, and then in between the break, there was an advert between Storyteller and Red Dwarf. My dad would make eggy bread. And then we'd have eggy bread or gypsy bread or whatever the fuck not, you want to call it. I'd have eggy Sunday. bread with Red Dwarf. And that was my perfect Sunday. And that was every Sunday oh, for as long as Storyteller lasted. The Storyteller is not long enough for my... And I've re... And do you know they're the, one of the most expensive DVDs to buy? I've yeah. got all of them, but they are so expensive. And like Sean Bean's in one episode. They're amazing. Yeah. They're is. incredible. That's why I did my narrative. I based it off of one of the Storyteller... Yeah, they are so Sap, good. Sorry. They're my favorite. Yeah, it's probably my favorite childhood show, but Red Dwarf just no picks it with ever, a comedy for me. No one's ever seen Storyteller. I love it so much. It's all like puppets and that. And John yeah, it's Jim just, Henson. It's Jim Henson's Storyteller. Phenomenal. So Jim Henson does all the puppets for it and stuff. That's just amazing. I used to be They're terrified. All on YouTube. Yeah, I know. I've They're got on them YouTube. on DVD. So, I, was, I forked out. I love them. I used to be terrified of the. Um, What's it called? Do you know the, ho- the horrible bird in the luck child? They're oh. kind of bird. It's like a... It's not a hypocrite. It's Is not it? That. He it's has to pull its golden feather? Yes. I. My mum used to tell me that it was upstairs in our house to get me to do things. Mine was always the hedgehog. The hedgehog oh, boy. Oh, no. It, cute, cute as a little baby hedgehog. But Hands when he gets older... Hedgehog. And he goes... Hands my hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, Hands my hedgehog. And when he screams <laughs> no. and it fucking scares the shit out of it. Yeah. Anyway, we should... We should I think I that's think, yeah. a good place to wrap it up on the story... T- I'm going to go home and watch The Storyteller. I can't remember what that was, but it's a... Can I just quickly bird. do the top five lists that we didn't get to? I had top five public toilets. What? Top five stand-ups. Top five places and oh, countries. Top five stand-ups, that would be good. Uh, top five fast food places. <laughs> 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 because there's pretty much only five. In <laughs> and then top five meals. These are not the ones that we were... The other ones that I've got from you that you sent us were podcasts, restaurants, countries, theatre performances. Oh, we didn't do theatre performances. We'll have to do. Year's time. Come back. Seven years. And we'll do part two. (laughs) Part two. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Cool. We'll have changed all of the top five. (laughs) Yeah. Because we might hit the seven years at a different point. we waste the exact same amount of time (laughs) just going through the same categories but different movies. I'm going to go home and watch some of these things that we've talked about. I'm excited. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) You've not got the attention span. I don't believe you even watched any of those ones. I know I did. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, well thank Good you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Oh yeah. It's been lovely. It has.